0: It's a great day to be in worship. So glad you're here. You want to pull out your Christ Church notes, I invite you to do so. They're in your worship program. You'll find that there are a number of blanks on here, so I'm going to ask you to find a pen or a pencil on the seat back in front of you and uh, take some notes along the way. You may want to jot some things down in the margin. You know, as we continue in this series that I began teaching last Sunday that I've decided to call Sick and Tired, and it's based on a It's based on a series that I preached almost eight years ago, back in our old uh, building in our old church, and uh, I called that that series, then called The Nova Syndrome, The Nova Syndrome. And it was... Built upon the premise that, uh, uh, that the reason why so many of us are, are chronically exhausted and spiritually depleted is that we have failed to address the temptation to live overstressed, overscheduled, overplanned, overburdened, out of balance, the marginous lives. That's what this series is all about. We started it last weekend. We're going to take it for the next few weekends ahead. You know, last. Last uh, Sunday, I was teaching you on how to create margin in your life, how to build some margin into your schedules, into your life. Today, I'm going to talk about how to create some balance, how to create some balance within your life. And because margin and balance go hand in hand, I think it would be cool to, to, uh, to review some of what we did last week and then jump into the balance. And so if you're okay with that, that's where we're going to be. So every week, we're going to start with the same scripture. Same scripture. Over five weeks, I hope that we will have memorized it and know it, be able to say it by heart, know where it is in the scripture, because this is the foundation of everything that we talk about over beginning last Sunday and all the way for a few more weeks ahead. And that is this from Matthew, the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that says, matter of fact, we can read it together. Jesus said... Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. One more time. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Now, I want you to do me a favor, and that is take your pen or pencil, and I want you to circle two things in that scripture. The first are the words, heavy loads. Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads. Circle heavy loads right there. And then Jesus said, I will give you what? Rest. Circle the word rest. Heavy loads and rest. Rest. Heavy loads and rest, this is what I want you to be thinking about, heavy loads and rest, and what is the space between the heavy load and the rest? That's what we're going to be talking about today, that being able to create that space that was last week and preserving that space is all about balance, and that's what I'm going to be talking about this week. You know, those of us who are regularly sick and tired, find ourselves sick and tired, we have two things that we all share in common. Two things that we all share in common. The first is that we bought into the lie, and hear me, it is a lie. We bought into the lie that carrying heavy loads that never end, nonstop, with no end in sight, is normal. We bought into that lie. It is a lie, folks, that if you think that God has created and made you and shaped you and built you to be able to carry nonstop heavy loads in your life, you're going to find yourself chronically sick and tired because that is not how God designed you. And it's not normal. So those of us who are chronically sick and tired are bought into the lie that we can just carry heavy loads nonstop all the time. And the second piece of that is uh, is this, that uh, that uh, uh, which is lacking, what is lacking in our lives, is margin and balance, which gives us that opportunity to rest. Margin and balance is lacking in our lives, folks. If you're chronically sick and tired, there is a lack of margin and balance in your life. So you've bought into the lie that you can just uh, consistently carry heavy loads and that margin and balance is missing in your life. Those are the two things that we all have in common when we are chronically sick and tired. So let's just make sure we understand why we are sick and tired. We're sick and tired because we believe that living life without margin... Living life without margin and balance due to unhealthy and unprior- um, unprioritized loads is somehow normal. We've bought into that lie. We bought into the lie. In fact, you know the, here's how people who believe this kind of stuff it, it, here's how they do the math. The math is this: that living an overloaded life that is totally out of balance, plus living, is somehow normal. Now, let me just tell you, that's faulty math. The math just doesn't add up, it's wrong. It's not normal, we're not designed to live that way, we were created to live that way, and it doesn't add up. Just as, listen to this, one plus seven will never equal 17, all right? That's faulty math, right? One plus seven will never equal 17 no matter how many people tell you it will. You hear it? No matter how many people tell you that it will, one plus seven does not equal 17. No matter how many people say, oh, it's just normal to live a constantly overloaded life with no balance in your life, that's just normal. Uh-uh, that's a lie. Just like 1 plus 7 will never equal 17, no matter how many people tell you it will. You see, the actual result of this equation is this, that overload plus imbalance plus living equals an unhealthy, overstressed, emotionally empty, spiritually depleted life. Now that's math. And that math works. That's what the reality of the equation is. And when you add the overload plus imbalance plus living, this is what you get every time. The unhealthy, overstressed, emotionally empty, spiritually depleted life. So I've got a couple of questions for you. Why is it that we think that our bodies and our schedules and our finances get so overloaded? Why do we allow our bodies and our schedules and our finances to get overloaded? Why do we do that? Well, the answer is this. We try to do too much. We try to cram too much in a very finite period of time. And, you know, just so you know, we do live in a finite time schedule. Whether it be a finite at 24 hours a day and no more than that, no matter what you do, you can't get any more time than that, or uh, a week or a month or a year, whatever it is, our lifetime is in a finite period. It is not infinite. So we try to do too much in a small amount of time. And why is it that we try to do too much? Well, I think you already know the answer to this Because we forget the thing. Now, don't put it up yet. Oh, you already did. Okay. (laughs) We forget the things. I think it's KJ back there. All right, KJ. Uh, We forget the things that what? Say it. Matter most. And what are the things that matter most? What do we call them? Your what? Priorities. Say it. Priorities. The things that matter most are what? Priorities. We forget our priorities. That's why we get so out of whack, people. That's why we allow our our bodies and our finances and our schedule, our life, in other words, to get out of whack, is because we forget the things in life that matter most. We try to do everything. You know, folks, we human beings have this remarkable, remarkable capacity to remember and forget. We have a remarkable capacity to do just that, to remember things and to forget things. We remember every little hurt that we've ever had in life, and then we forget the lessons, and why we got hurt to begin with. We forget what we did that caused the pain. And so we do the same thing over and over and over again, resulting in the same pain over and over and over again. We forget all the little, we, for, we remember all the little things, all the little hurts, but we forget the lessons of why we were hurt all over again. And so because we forget the lessons, we experience the same pain over and over and over again, and then we blame God for it all. We blame God for all the pain that you and I cause ourselves. We blame God for the stuff that we do that causes us the pain. You know, folks, we need to, to pray like David did. King David said this, Psalm 90 verse 12. He said, Lord, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. Let's say it together. Teach us to use wisely all the time we have. So teach us to to use our time wisely, in other words. That was King David's prayer. You know, living life without margin and balance will always result in an unhealthy, overstressed, emotionally empty, spiritually depleted life. That's just the way the math adds up. And you can't argue with math that adds up. You know, when, when, when you find, here's what I find. When I find that I am marginless in my life and that my, all my reserves have been depleted, I find that there are times when I'm apathetic and rude instead of compassionate and caring. I'm self-protective, that is, I turn inward instead of being outwardly focused. That I'm irritable and fatigued instead of innovative and productive. I mean, am I right here? Isn't that the way it is for you too? Am I right? I mean, are we all on the same page here? You know, I hope so. Because what this means is you and I, we've got to create some margin in our life. And I told you last week what margin was. The margin is the, is the, is the gap between the load and the limit our load and our limit last sunday i used the wheelbarrow uh, analogy that if you load the wheelbarrow all the stuff you got to do is in the wheelbarrow well if you if you have prioritized your load then you can lift your wheelbarrow and you can take it right on to wherever it needs to be because you've got margin there but What if the load is too high? What if you continue overload and overload and overload? You pick it up, you go a few steps, and the axle breaks, right? I mean, how many of us feel like we're trying to get along with a broken axle? We're living life with a broken axle. We've got to have some margin. You know, uh, margin is that, that space between... Rest and exhaustion, that space right there between rest and exhaustion, between the the, the the space between breathing freely and suffocating. You see, margin is all about making the space for the stuff that matters most in your life. Now, that was last week. What about this week? This week is all about balance. It's all about balance. We need to talk about balance right now. And Balance is... Now, here's what balance is. I want you to write that down. Balance is... Now, look at this. It's about preserving space for the things that matter most. Now, remember, what was margin about? Margin was about what? Making space for the things that matter most. Balance is about what? Say it. Preserving space. Okay, stop. Margin is about making space. Balance is about preserving space. Now, I want you to get this. Margin, making space, balance, preserving space. We're going to do it again. Margin, about making space, balance, preserving space. Okay. This is a big deal. Folks, listen. I told you before, margin and balance go hand in hand, right? It's not enough. Hear it again. It's not enough. I'm going to say it one more time. It's not enough to make space in your life for the things that matter most. It's not enough to create the margin. And I'll tell you why. Because the moment you have opened up some space in your life and you've created that margin, all of a sudden, there is this incredible, overwhelming temptation to what? To fill it up. You say, oh, look at all that space I've got. I could do, you know, three, four, five, six more things. I've got time to continue to put it in. That's the problem. Margin is about creating space. I told you it goes hand in hand, right? Margin is about creating space. Balance is about what? Say it. Preserving space. Listen to me. If you don't create the balance where you preserve that space, you're going to find yourself all over again with your life spinning out of control, and you look back and said, well, I created the space, and it didn't work. I built the margin into my life, and it didn't work. Yeah, you built the margin, but you failed to create the balance. They've got to work like this. I, I was thinking about this week when I was, uh, was uh, working on the message to uh, this week, and I thought, you know, it's kind of like this. Here's a visual. You know, let's say you put water in your bathtub, and you want to you soak in that bath for a bit, and so you, you put water in the bathtub, and the moment you get in, your body displaces the water, right? Right? So the water level rises because it's been displaced by your body. The mass of your body into the bathtub displaces the water. But what happens? So there you got You got your margin right there, that displacement. What happens the moment you stand up? What happens to the water? Whoosh, right? Right back and fills up that space again. That's the deal that you've got to be careful about because you've got to create the margin and then you've got to put up those tent posts, those those fences to protect the margin so that you're not living your life out of whack. Outside of the way that God designed you, outside of the way that God created you, outside of the way that God made you, this is a big deal because we find ourselves so often chronically sick and tired, being sick and tired of being sick and tired because we fail to create the balance, that is, to preserve the space that matters most in our life. You know, it's it's critical, it's necessary to live as God designed you, made you, and created you. And you think about it. You know, balance is, a, is important in every area of our life. What if, what if you live your life and your budget is always out of balance? Your finances are already out, always out of balance. What's the result? Disaster. Disaster in your own finances. If you can't balance your budget, if you're constantly spending more than you're bringing in, there's, that's, a, that's a cause for disaster, Balance is important in the area of our finances. It's in our own nutrition. We're encouraged to eat a what? A balanced diet, right? Yeah. In our uh, when we're when we're walking, if we lose our balance and fall, the result of that can be anything from a bruise to a broken bone, but it can also result in death if we fall. Last uh, last service, I I was uh, I, I just had this uh, idea pop in my mind because I, I my mom has been with me for the last three weeks or so with us at uh, our house visiting, and uh, she's 88 years old and she is absolutely frightened of one thing. What do you think it is? Falling. Yeah, falling. She's frightened about falling. And so her steps are very short and and she doesn't lift her feet hardly off the ground. I mean, it's almost like this to make sure that she has solid footing wherever she's going to put her foot. She's afraid to fall because she knows that if she falls, she's liable to break a... Yeah, break the hip. And she knows that if she breaks a hip most of the time at 88 years old... It's hard, difficult to impossible to recover. Balance is critical in your life, people. I mean, our Constitution, even in our own government, guarantees balance across the, the, the three branches of our government so that no one branch of government has un, uh, unchecked power. That's a good thing. We need that kind of stuff. You know, we balance, think about our cars. We balance on the outside of our cars, we balance the tires. On the inside of our car, we balance the speakers on our radio, right? There's balance everywhere in life. What makes you think? That if balance is critical in our finances and our government and the way that we live our lives and all that goes around us, what makes you think you can ignore it in your personal life? That is the way you live day to day. What makes you think you can get by with it without consequences? You see, not only is balance important, but listen to me to say this. I want you to hear me say it. Balance is God's design for your life. In fact, go ahead and put the picture up. Do you know who who the artist was who drew this? Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. This is his famous picture of the man. Think about this. and If you look at yourself in a mirror... And you draw a line from the top of your head down across the bridge of your nose, across your mouth, straight down. You know, look how God has designed you to live in balance. You can see it right here. Look how God has designed you to live in balance. This is the way He made you, it's the way He created you, it's the way He designed you to be. You're not designed and balanced by accident. In fact, if you if you look into, if you if you if you know anything about what's going on in your bodies, your bodies are made up of trillions and trillions of these tiny little working units that are constantly in balance with one another, uh, moving and metabolizing and combining and interacting and adjusting and purifying and purging and building and decaying. And all of that's happening. New cells are being made. Old ones are dying off. We take food in, then we expel it out. It is over and over and over. We're constantly living in this balance, the way God designed our bodies to work. But if that balance is interrupted, it is always leading to disease and illness. Because God designed us to live in that harmony of balance. You see, I'm not making this stuff up. This is God's design for who He created us to be. This is like reading the, 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 the manual on how to make your, your car work. It's the manual on how to make our life work. You know, uh, wise old King Solomon... Had this to say. Uh, matter of fact, he was so brilliant, 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 brilliant. From Ecclesiastes 3 1 to 8. Check it out. It's on the screen, on your outline. Uh, was old King Solomon said, uh, To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. Yeah. And a time for every purpose under heaven, right? a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to reap, a time to kill, and a time to heal. We'll stop right there. That's enough of that. That's why I don't sing in the choir, people. All right. And a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. You see, it's all about balance. God's design for the universe is balance. And God's design for you is balance in your life. That is the way he designed you to be. And balance is all about, listen, preserving space for the things that matter most, right? So how do you preserve that space? Here's what you've got to know. It's easier said than done, I admit it, but this is what we've got to do. And let me tell you, I told you last week, I tell you this week, I'm preaching to me. I have lived through the last eight months, and it has been very, very stressful in my life. And I knew that I had to do something about it. And so, in order for you to hold me accountable to do it, I needed to... Make sure that we together talk through this again so that we can get our lives, me particularly, back in order. Here's what we have to do to preserve space. You already know the answer to this. I've said it a dozen times already and last week, but we've got to say it again, and I'm going to keep harping on it because this is what we got to do. We've got to determine the, what is it? things that, yeah, okay, fill it in. There you go. Determine the things that matter most. And we've already decided that the things that matter most are what we call our, what? Priorities. Okay. What are the non-negotiable, timeless priorities that are in your life? You know, hopefully, you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we all aspire to the highest motives and the purest of goals and the most honorable of values. As followers of Jesus, I, I hope that we know that we serve a, an incredibly wonderful creator who is personal and knowable, that our God is knowable and personal, that there's a difference between right and wrong, That 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 givers are are far more blessed than takers, that genuineness and uprightness are universally respected in life, that it is wonderful to have money, but it's even better to be a person of integrity, that people are more important than things, and that love, and that love matters more than all the homes and cars and stuff that you could ever possess i hope you know that as a follower of jesus christ but and that we all live to that but practically speaking on a daily basis you and i we've got to go to work we've got to feed the family and make sure the seat belts are fastened we've got to we've got to make sure that we remember to go to the dentist to vacuum the floor and to make the beds and mow the lawn and stain the deck and clean the closets and deworm the dog. You know, we've got to pay the bills and check our mail. And we've got to do all that stuff. So what's my point? The point is this. When you look at a list of all of your priorities and everything you got to do, and how best to put them into balance, listen, what's on that list that's actually going to matter on the final day of your life? What's on the list of your priorities, these non-negotiable, timeless priorities, and all the stuff you gotta do, what's on that list that's actually gonna matter? on the last day of your life. You know, on that day, all those things that you've got on your list, uh, uh, the only ones that are going to be left standing are the things that matter most. When all is said and done, what's on your list that's really going to matter? You know, after, after uh, a year after Steve Jobs of Apple fame, uh, the late Steve Jobs was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer, pri- uh, pancreatic cancer. He stood before the Stanford University's graduating class. And I read this some time ago, and uh, it made such an impression on me, I, I wrote it down. And said this, this is what he said. Remembering that I'll be dead soon, Is the most important thing that I've ever encountered to help make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all of the fear of failure, the things that, those things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what's truly important. Remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking that you actually have something to lose you know folks on the on the day when you finally get it and you realize how empty how empty life can be when you're chronically sick and tired due to being overstressed and overburdened and overplanned and overscheduled, and marginless, and out of balance, what you're going to be left with is looking at what did I do with my life that really mattered? That's where you find yourself. What do you do? What's on your list that really mattered? You know, I was thinking about this 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 week, actually, uh, we had uh, last week we had uh, one of our church members pass away, and then just on Friday, we had another one of our church members pass away. and so i've been I've been thinking about death here recently and what I'm going to say when I'm doing the funerals and and so forth. And and I was just thinking, you know, what are my kids going to say about me? What, when, when I'm dead and gone and in heaven, what are my kids going to say about me? Are they going to say, you know, I remember when I met him, you know, that one time. Are they going to say, Something about the relationship that we had. Growing up and, and doing some things together. What, what, are my, what is my wife gonna say about me? She's in North Carolina today and she doesn't have internet connection, so she's not gonna see this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, Well, don't tell her. There you go, see? So, uh, you know, what is she going to say? I was thinking about that this week. What will she say about me? I remember a couple of years ago when she said, You know, John, I need more from you than a one week vacation. I need more of your time than a week's vacation. You know, that kind of hurt, but it was real. She, she wasn't saying anything that wasn't true. You know, I stood before an, a congregation of almost 700 people on October twenty second, 1988, and pledged marriage to my wife that we were going to have life together And then she says, a couple of years ago, I need more from you than a one week's vacation. Boy, it seems to me that I've screwed up somewhere along the way, that my margin imbalance is out of whack. And I realize that... I'm not the only one in this room and in this space, and certainly not in Northern Virginia, who needs to be held accountable to the fact that we've got to determine what is it in life that matters most. Here's the other thing. I I need to get on and get off the stage. Now, here's listen, I'm about to tell you something here that... In Northern Virginia and Type A Northern Virginia and a Type A church, and all of that stuff that we've got going on here, what I'm about to say will make those little hairs on the back of your neck start wiggling like this and standing up. And here it is, so you have to wait till I explain it, but I'm going to ask you to do this to choose balance. You ready? over excellence I can hardly believe that I said it <laughs> because I I have done everything that I know how to live here for so long that I'm not sure that I really know <laughs> I, this is gosh this is like true confession I <laughs> mm. And and unfortunately, it's going all over the world right now. But to choose, I don't know how to live here because I've lived here for so long. I've strived in this. So listen to what I'm gonna tell you. I'm not advocating, I had to think about this long and hard. I am not advocating mediocrity, so you have to hear me say that. I'm not advocating mediocrity. What I am saying is that, you know, God does ask us to do our best, but we have to live within the limits that God has placed in our life. You and I live in finite limits. We are not superwoman or superman. You know, we can't, you know... uh, uh, what do you call? Uh, what is it that jump uh, high, uh, tall buildings at a single bound? What is it? Leap. leap. Thank you. We can't leap tall buildings in a single bound. We're not faster than a speeding bullet. You know, we're not more powerful than a locomotive. We have limits, and we got to live within them. And. And I want you to remember that because I'm what I'm about to show you in just a moment. because here's the deal. If you pursue excellence in one area of your life, now follow me, please. If you pursue excellence in this in one particular area of your life, because we live in a finite limit, there's only so much time, right? I mean, I hope we can agree on that, that we are finite people, right? We have a finite 24 hours a day, you know, and a a finite week and a finite month and a finite year, and then a finite number of years that we will live, okay? So we're living in a finite time. So if you put all your eggs in this basket to excel in one particular area, because we're finite, there are only so many other things that you can do well, and some of the things that you absolutely have to do can actually be done poor because there's not enough time to do it. Give you an example. Here's what I'm, the visual for you. Go ahead. Thank you. Let's imagine, just pick something at random. Career. Okay, just imagine that this is the one thing that you want to excel at and have been excelling at. And it takes almost it takes 14 basically out of the, out of the 15 and here's the finite amount of time that we have. So here's what you pour yourself into, but it's always at the expense of the things because you only have so much time. So it could be at the expense of education or your family which it tends to be, I think, most cases. Dealing with emotions, they barely get off the chart. Church suffers, your spiritual life suffers. Nutrition, service, exercise, rest is in the negative time that you have in the community because you only have so much time. And you've poured everything, almost all of your daily time, period, weekly time, monthly time, Over here. So, what am I saying? How do you deal with that? Well, it takes a lot. Let me understand. It takes a lot of guts to deal with it, but here we go. If we can back a little time out of here, back it out. KJ, (laughs) thank you. She's wonderful, by the way. You really are wonderful, KJ, if you can see me in the room back there. All right. So if we can back that down a bit to do a good job during the time when you have so much other to do, you can then take that time and balance out some of the rest, so you're no longer in the negative with your family and no longer negative in your spiritual life and no longer negative in the work. That's all about margin first of making the space for the things that matter most. And the balance is about doing what? Preserving the space so that this works. And folks, we just have to figure it out. I, I can't wave a magic wand and make it work for you. I can't tell you what you need to slow down doing or not doing. I just know what, I, I'm, I don't even know this, but I'm trying to figure out how to make this work in my own life. So that I don't end up at the end of my days where the priorities have been so screwed up that what really mattered most, which my relationship with Jesus and my family, have the time and showed that this was truly important to me. That's what this is all about. So I'm going to leave that there. And we're going to finish this up next week as we... Well, no we're not. I'm gonna do this for a couple more weeks. I need more of this. Uh, I I, I still have a lot to talk to myself about. So I've got three more weeks on this. So if you can stomach it, I would love for you to join me these next three weeks because here's what I'm gonna be talking about. And three subjects, three weeks. only remember two of them. Boy, I need margin and balance in my life, don't I? No time and no money are two of the weeks. Oh, I remember. That's it, that's what I remember. Where's Brian? I just heard that. Oh. Okay. No time, no money, no love. That's what we're going to be talking about. All right. God bless you. I love you so much. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for helping us get ourselves squared away here, back into the design that you have have made for our lives. You have designed us and created us and made us for balance. And sometimes we can get so screwed up and get our lives so out of whack that that we wonder why our marriages are struggling and that our kids forget our name. We pray, Lord, that you would help us in this quest to live in balance the way that you've designed us to live and to stop buying into the lies that if we don't do this, then somehow we will be a failure in our career. Lord, it's simply about living the way you've designed us to live and being realistic with those expectations. So, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for creating us to know you and to have a relationship with you. And we pray, Lord, right now that as we as we create that balance and we preserve that space, that we would be able to excel in loving you and loving others. There's our family and friends and so forth, and living out the gospel life, the way we put this all into action. Thank you, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.